Welcome to Out of, Out our, of our Skull. Skull. It's episode five. five. March 1st. Yes, March 1st episode. We've got some topics to um, go over here. Yeah, we got quite a few um, topics. Where Trump do we want still, to start with? Yes. Trump, Trump is still, still not, president. Yeah, he's still Nobody's president. impeached him yet. Nobody has impeached him yet. I'm disappointed in you. Although, you know, people have been trying. <laughs> people have been trying. Um, quite frankly, well, he has done stuff, but he hasn't been in Washington long enough to to, to actually impeach. He, he seems to be taking this, this presidency as a 9 to 5 Monday through Friday job. <laughs> And then flying down to to Florida on our dime every weekend. Oh. Anyway. Um, so apparently it's just another office job to him. Who cares? Um, so let's introduce ourselves. I'm CJ. I am Mia Candice. Uh, Out of Our Skull podcast is a left-leaning political podcast. And we come to you the 1st and 15th of every month. Yes. And right now, we are actually missing the president speaking on the television. Not that I would have watched anyway. I'll just pick up the highlights tomorrow. But we're I wouldn't recording... say I'm missing it. I know, yeah. <laughs> we're recording this instead of watching because I don't want to break our TV. And I would throw my, my Not Your Mom's Apple Pie at the TV if I were watching him. So it's probably best I don't. So what do we want to start with? George W. Bush... On the Today Show. Yeah, speaking of presidents, yeah, and he, I'll actually call him president. He went on the Today Show uh, to promote his book and self-portrait paintings of veterans. And uh, I didn't even know he was a painter. I did. Did, did you watch that? His I didn't watch. I watched parts of it. I watched clips of it. Um, <clears throat> I don't watch the Today Show, but I did watch clips of his, his interview. I have to say... I was not a fan of George W. Bush when he was in the office. Um, I still don't think he was a great president. I really don't. Um, I, I think he's a bit of a war criminal because of what he, the mess he got us into. That being said, he seems to have retired nicely. Um, he at least sees that there's something wrong in Washington right now. So He sees some things. Um, I watched the whole interview... And, you know, in some ways he is, well, he's still a Republican. I'll, yeah, I'll just he's say still that. a Republican. He's always a Republican. He's just maybe not necessarily for. He's uh, not a Trump. He, he's not a, a Trump. A Trumplican. Right. Because, um, frankly, I don't know if Trump could be, be considered a Republican at this point. But way too many Republicans are just agreeing with everything he says. Yeah. Um, so... Matt Lauer was the interviewer and he took the opportunity interviewing George W. Bush to get his commentary on the current administration. Um, so Bush revealed that he he's sticking right along with the news media paranoia that Trump is putting out there, although he did say that he encourages the media to call out, yeah, for lack of better words, BS. Right. When it's when it, when it's when being you see the told. bullshit, call yeah. out the bullshit. And um, he didn't say those words specifically, but um, that's what the First Amendment is for. That is why we have a free press, so they don't have to stifle themselves or control themselves or not say something bad about the the administration. And um, there's plenty bad to to report, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Um, and then you talked about Putin. You said, um, did you see this part? I, I did, yes. So he basically <laughs> uh, said that, you know, he dealt with Putin when he was in office himself. And that at that time, Putin basically wanted to run America. Mm-hmm. And George Bush was against that. And he's um, a little disappointed that <laughs> maybe he has some power over this country right now. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we're not investigating that for some reason. The you know, I can't think of a good reason why not. Yeah, neither can I. I mean, this is something. This is a no-brainer. This is another one of those no-brainers. Um, it's like Betsy DeVos, which we'll get to in a minute. But it's one of those no-brainers. It's like if you actually think that Putin had anything to do with our our election or has any control over our current sitting president, investigate it. And if it's nothing, then nothing will turn up. Lord knows they investigated Hillary Clinton for years and years and years and nothing turned up. Turn an eye now to Donald Trump and just take a good look. If nothing's there, nothing will turn up. Mm-hmm. Um, George W. Bush did say that defeating ISIS is the priority that this administration should should tackle first. Which, that, that's disappointing to me. That is disappointing because you're just giving them the, the, the attention they want. And when you proclaim, hey, we need to defeat ISIS, that just gives them recruiting material. And it, it, yes, ISIS is doing terrible, terrible things. And yes, we need to fight them. But giving them that much attention is exactly what they want. And I frankly, I don't think it's priority number one. I think we have a lot of shit going on. Yeah, I think we do. In this country that, excuse me, uh, domestically. That needs to be taken care of. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. Uh, but it is very Republican. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Cool. And to quote him, he is for an immigration policy that upholds the law. That's in response to Matt Lauer pressing, are you for or against the wall? And he, <laughs> and he evaded that question a few times. And then he ultimately said, I'm for an immigration policy that upholds the law. Considering Meaning he's against he's the against wall. against the wall. Considering he's from Texas... And the wall would directly affect Texas because where are you putting that wall? You're putting that wall on people's private property. So you're going to have to use eminent domain to take that private property and build a wall. So, yeah, that's going to affect people in Texas quite a bit. And since he's from there, he's going to, yeah, he's watching his words very carefully. Yeah, that's pretty wise. I can't blame him for that. No. Um... And then he finished the interview by promoting um, how he feels about the bets, which is also kind of anti-Trump because Trump is not, he doesn't have anything nice to say about the bets, really. No, he really doesn't. And even today, and this isn't on our list, but because I just saw it, but today he blamed the, the loss of that Navy SEAL in his just spectacularly stupid Yemen attack. He blamed the loss of that Navy SEAL on the military. They lost this guy. It was their fault that he died. I'm like, dude, you ordered the goddamn strike to go in. He's ridiculous. Um, and let's, let's Knowing just... that the intelligence wasn't there. You were told the intelligence wasn't there, which is why Obama didn't order this strike and said no to this strike. But you go in guns a-blazing, and you're not even sitting in the stupid, you know, 
the the room waiting for it, you're off in your your damn bedroom tweeting about SNL. <laughs> See, it's not not like you care. Well, and mocking handicapped veterans. Yeah, yeah. So so I don't get this whole. Whenever I see, you know, we love our, we support our troops on a Republican vehicle or a Republican sign, I'm like, no, you don't. You support killing other people in other countries, and that's about it. But you pay our veterans shit. You support enlisting people. Yeah. But that's, that's yeah, as that's far it. as you're going to go. You pay our veterans shit. When they come back with injuries or PSTD, you don't want to treat them. You don't want to pay for their treatment. That, you give them crap benefits. Well, that's what Bush wants to improve yeah and, and he wants to he voiced uh to, to quote him he said that the veterans rec- represent america and then later on he said we are here to help our veterans transition to a life on our domestic soil after yeah. they've come back from war and so that means take care of the their medical needs jobs uh, honor them mm-hmm. at the parades and festivals that are meant to, to honor, honor them. them and uh, and yeah right now they're not getting that you know you look at you want to claim immigrants are are the people on food stamps your militaries are on on food stamps because they're not getting paid enough lots of military families have to use government assistance because they just don't make enough money and and you know you're going to cut welfare? Great. You're, you're going to cut benefits to our veterans and mm-hmm. their families. And it's so easy to brush them under the rug of, oh, yeah, they they were in the war. You know, yeah. they've got a little bit of a, of a post-trauma. Get just... over it. Man up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's just, it's horrible. And that's not supporting our troops in the slightest. No, it's not. It's shaming them, actually. Yeah. Well, so next topic. Off. Next topic. The DAPL. Yeah. Dakota Access Pipeline. <laughs> um, there was a hearing today. I, I purposefully did not um, look and see what the result of the hearing was be- because I wanted to record this. And mm-hmm. then next time we can talk we can about, talk the, about finality. the final. Mm-hmm. Um, Federal Judge James Boasberg, I think, is how you pronounce his name, mm-hmm. will hear arguments about whether to stop the final bit of construction on the disputed Dakota Access Pipeline just days before it could start moving oil. Up for consideration is a request by the Standing Rock and Cheyenne River Sioux tribes to order the Army Corps of Engineers to withdraw permission for developer energy transfer partners to lay pipe under Lake Oahe in North Dakota. The stretch under the Missouri River Reservoir is the last piece of construction for the 3.8 billion pipeline that's to move oil through the Dakotas and Iowa to a shipping point in Illinois. A representative of um, the tribes said, don't put this pipeline here, respect our lands. And he's tired of just being pushed well, yeah. You know, his community is being pushed over this way and pushed over that way and pushed over this way and just continually, continuously edged out of homes mm-hmm. and communities. Um, and it's also, I think, a well-known fact that the reason they don't want, one of the reasons they don't want the pipeline there is it would prevent their religious practices because they need clean water. Yeah. 
for their religious, you know, this is um, faith. This isn't really getting enough media attention, I don't think. Particularly the military response to this. It's, it's pretty brutal what they're doing to protesters up there. And it's, it's so ridiculous. Um, this, our dependency on oil and the transport of it and the, it's just, it's so mind-bogglingly stupid because this is a finite resource. And we should be looking at alternate energy means anyway. Yeah, we really should. Um, this is just, this is an accident waiting to happen. And you can sit there and say, well, it may never leak. And if it does leak, it spews everywhere. And we've had, I mean, we had a leak just the other day. We've got wildlife issues. Yeah. Um, clean water issues. Yeah. Uh, let alone pushing, let alone pushing a, 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 a tribe and an entire yeah. people just off out their of, land out of homes, which like, you know, uh, which ridiculous. was the land we gave them to begin with because we pushed them off their other land. Yeah, you know, we can't stop screwing over the natives of this land. It's just ridiculous. It, it's not right. No, it isn't. And this is this is just the tribe's attorney Nicole Duchanel said in court documents, "quote the granting of the easement and resulting." constructive I'm sorry construction activity violates the tribes and its members constitutional rights and will result in immediate and irreparable harm to the tribe and its members before this court will be able to rule on the merits of this claim um yeah do some research into this because I don't think the media is really covering this all that well they're too busy. it was hard it was hard for me to find yeah reputable articles about this the first article I found um which was unsubstantiated was saying that the natives uh, gathered their own personal belongings that they were working to protect and put them in dumpsters and set them on fire in protest. And then the second article I found also unsubstantiated was that they warded off their, their dogs, their family pets and let them freeze to death in protest. That doesn't even make any sense. No. And when I am looking for other sources for this and fact-checking and there's nothing, come on. Yeah. Just be ashamed of yourself for, for printing that kind of crap. <laughs> About people that you're already, you've yeah. already screwed over so many just, different times. And you're just trying to make yourselves feel better for... Meanwhile, for shitting got, on somebody? Yeah, That's meanwhile, you've got shameful. military personnel hosing them down with frigid water in winter conditions and you know shooting them with rubber bullets it's this is just horrifying and it's really not getting a whole lot of media attention it's been going on for months yeah um mostly because our president is a temper tantrum two-year-old and his little audio vile you know audio vomit gets all the press um, well, and he does. He's not for renewable energy. Well, resources. no, of course not. It's lining his pockets. This is this is a deal that benefits Donald Trump. So of course it's going to go through, and it benefits his friends. So of course this is going to go through, and he doesn't really care if it hurts anybody. He's just going to keep, you know, they're going to butcher the environment, and they don't care. And if it, you know, moves this tribe, they don't care. They don't. And it's sad. It is very sad. 
Speaking of the environment. <laughs> yeah. The Environmental Protection Agency, we still have one as of this okay. recording. <laughs> um, Scott Pruitt was named head of the EPA. This is the same Scott Pruitt that currently has lawsuits pending against the agency he is now running. Um, Pruitt's emails are also currently mired in a court fight because the emails show, among other things, that the lobbying group American Fuel and Petrochemicals <laughs> Manufacturer sent information to Pruitt's personal email about the opposition to the renewal fuel standard and ozone limits, which are something two things that the EPA actually controls. Um, they all... Uh, People have also exposed, um, the emails also exposed Pruitt's close ties with Devon Energy. So you have, as the head of the Environmental Protection Agency, someone who gets a lot of money from oil companies <laughs> and, and industries that want to destroy our environment. So, I'm not sure if he knows what that word protection means. No, no. This is, this is, this is going to kill the EPA, basically. Um, in his first interview as director, Pruitt cast doubt on the agency's ability to address climate change, which, of course, goes hand in hand with uh, Trump's refusal to acknowledge that climate change is actually an issue. So they're not going to do anything about climate change. They're not. In, in Trump's mind, it's a hoax. It's a Chinese hoax. In Pruitt's mind, it's not economically feasible. It's not going to make him money. So he's not going to care about it. Um, Pruitt says the EPA will start an aggressive rollback of regulations starting this week. First to be rolled back was the water of the water of the U.S. rule outlining waterways that have, that have federal protections. So the first thing they did was basically make drinking water unsafe. Oh my God! Um, their excuse for this is that they're leaving it up to the states. Um, in this instance, it's oh states rule states rules. Um, unfortunately, your waterways don't recognize when they hit another state and. If someone in, you know, Missouri is spewing coal ash into a river, the, the river's not going to go, oh, this is the Missouri border. Let's just stop here. It's going to flow over into another state, which is a reason why we have a federal agency regulating it. These waterways don't hold to state borders. They go everywhere. <laughs> so you pollute in one state, it's going to go to another state. Um, but yeah, that was actually rolled back and Trump signed that. Um Next on the block could be the Clean Power Plan, requiring states to cut carbon emissions, and the U.S. methane, methane rule limiting emissions for oil and gas installations on federal land. Um, their excuse for this is that the government was overreaching and that the regulations are too stringent. With climate change being the issue it is, how on earth is this too stringent? So this, from what you're saying, it sounds like Cutting carbon emission, cutting carbon emission for vehicles should be a good thing. It should be a good thing, yeah. Um, the Clean Power Plan requires states to cut carbon emissions. It requires them to make cleaner, cleaner burning cars. Okay. And they want to dismantle that Clean Power Plan. Oh. That's next on the chopping block. I see. Okay. Um, and then the U.S. methane rule limits emissions out of from oil and gas installations on federal land and they want to butcher that as well mm. um saying that this was overreaching people have died from methane poisoning oh god yeah um it doesn't take much <clears throat> it's a gas just look at what the the air looked like in the 1970s before we had an epa take a good look at a picture of new york 
or Los Angeles <laughs> um, and recognize that, yeah, we could very easily be China where they have to wear masks when they go out on the street because the air quality is so poor. I wonder, um, you know, if the general public is going to continue to buy the Priuses and the, the hybrid cars and the electric cars, even even with I think the EPA going down the hill. I think there's going to be a certain section of, of, of America that will buy those, but they're the ones that are buying them now. The people who are against the EPA and who don't care are the people who are outfitting their trucks to roll coal to spew just smoke everywhere because to them it's sticking it to those that Prius driving bitch over yeah, there. Right. So you don't your car doesn't do any emissions. I'm going to make sure my truck does 10 times the emissions to make up for it. It's really I it I swear to god, it's just like what the hell? Or somebody that would rather buy a you know a cheap sports car, muscle car thing yeah because it's cheap and they're not really they're yeah. just carrying carrying about their own pockets yeah. and not really yeah for that i mean i don't own a hybrid vehicle for me it was not economically feasible to purchase a hybrid vehicle when i looked for a new car but i got a car that had very good gas mileage mm -hmm. Same so here. that's what i was looking for i wasn't looking for something that I, I thankfully found a car that I actually really like that's got good gas mileage, and I found that the car before as well. So I'm not while I'm not looking for a specific type of car, one of the main qualities I want is good gas mileage. Would I like to afford a hybrid? Yes, I would. Um, the clean power plan would make those more affordable, and that's going to go bye-bye very quickly. So I'll be interested to see. Yeah, so we basically... See what the general public does despite our cabinet just... Yeah. despite the fact that they've already introduced a bill to, to end the Environmental Protection Agency. We should just build a wall around that whole thing. Yeah, no shit. Screw the <laughs> nation's border. Just border off. We just border off, house. you know. Give them a state. Just give these alt-writers a state and say, there you go. Have fun. Have fun, you white power guys. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, well, the Oscars were just uh, last Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, people were kind of looking forward, or maybe not looking forward to, <laughs> <laughs> but wondering what is the political statement's going to be this right. this year. And uh, the American Civil Liberties Union distributed little blue ribbon pins to the stars to wear on their lapels and gowns. If you saw... You know any red carpet highlights, or or if you watch the Oscars, uh, Ruth Nega was the one that I, I noticed immediately because she was wearing a very red gown with was. a very bright blue um, ribbon on yeah. it. So, and they spoke to her personally because she played Mildred uh, Loving. Mildred Loving, yes, somebody very active yeah. in the civil rights. Or not, I won't say active in the civil rights movement, but did a very her struggle was her civil struggle rights. was for civil rights, mm -hmm. and she's a real person. Mm -hmm. Um, but those little blue ribbons that you saw, that's what that was for. Uh, the idea by the civil rights organization is to give nominees, presenters, filmmakers, musicians, executives, and guests 
uh, a quote, opportunity to express their support for the rights and civil liberties guaranteed by the Constitution, end quote. Um, the symbol of solidarity with the ACLU acknowledges the, the commitment of those on the front lines in the courts, legislatures, and in the streets who are working to ensure that our precious freedoms and values are preserved, the ACLU said in a statement issued just before the Oscars. There were some other political messages mm-hmm. um, from the Oscars. Uh, One of so you know, clean yeah. water, clean water was a thing, which I I think I don't think they wanted to say dapple. Yeah, but it came across to me that that's what right uh, what the underlining tone was. Um, and I do know that the uh, winner of the best foreign film, I believe, The Salesman, did not attend because he was. Uh, boycotting to protest against the ban. Oh, all of the foreign film nominees together wrote a letter to Trump. I'm sure he read it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Somebody read it. Somebody's somebody's job is to open that mail. Yeah, somebody read it. I'm sure it wasn't him. Maybe they drew him a picture. (laughs) (laughs) I would have liked to have seen that. So, speaking of um, provocateurs and, and, and um, the follow, yes, the fall of, of Milo Yiannopoulos. Um, so, Milo Yiannopoulos is a noted provocateur. He has issues with feminism, Islam, social justice, and political correctness. He works for Breitbart, worked, I should say, for Breitbart. Um, and he readily aligns himself with the alt-right movement. This is interesting because Yiannopoulos is gay. Um, very out. So, um, and he uses that to his advantage. A lot of the times he will, he will say, if you're against him, you're obviously homophobic, which is not the case. It's, it's the words coming out of his mouth that we object to, not the man himself. Um, he played a role in the Gamergate controversy where he claimed that the politicization excuse my voice politis I can't say this word (laughs) (laughs) politicization politicalization the politicalization there we go there it is of the video game culture by an army of sociopathic feminist programmers and campaigners abetted achingly political abetted by achingly politically correct American tech bloggers. That's a quote that an army of sociopathic feminist programmers and campaigners abetted by achingly politically correct American tech bloggers. That's an example of Yiannopoulos' writing style right there. That's a whole bunch of Um, buzzwords. Buzzwords that string together. Yeah, meant to poke you. That just really, you're not quite sure what you read. Yeah. But, um, But you're pretty sure he hates women. First of all, I don't know any feminist programmers. Uh, I, you know what? Can he name one? No. But he was very active. When Gamergate first came out, for those of you who don't know what Gamergate was, it was this um, this brouhaha that happened because a female programmer got a favorable review for one of her games. Actually, it wasn't even really favorable. It was a review for one of her games. And they found out that the person writing the review was like a former boyfriend. So they felt she slept with him in order to get a favorable review. When in actuality, that's not what occurred. They actually broke up, and the guy who wrote the review not only just dissed her publicly, 
but published personal information. And um, Yiannopoulos was part of the Gamergate community that would dox people. And when they, when they mean by dox is they would print your personal information, your address, how many children you had, where they went to school, where you work, what you drive. Um, basically putting people at risk. Uh, that's that's unethical very 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 unethical but in their in their mind it was all about ethics in in gaming journalism because they were fighting for the ethics not against it and the how dare these women come in there and, and basically you know be programmers which was basic that was the thing it was oh my god scary women are actually becoming computer programmers what are we going to do um, Yiannopoulos was permanently banned from Twitter for inciting and engaging in targeted abuse of her and harassment of others, including actor Leslie Jones. Um, I don't know who Leslie Jones is. Um, Jones. She's the um, African-American actress in Ghostbusters. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Um, he targeted Patty. her. <laughs> yeah. He targeted her just heavily. And had his his little group of followers target her, and this was what got him permanently banned from Twitter. I got your back, yeah, uh, Leslie Jones. Yeah, um, and then after a controversial interview with Bill on the Bill Maher show, and the publication of a video clip in which he said that some sexual relationships between thirteen year old boys and adult men and women are quote perfectly <sighs> consensual unquote. Yiannopoulos was pulled as a speaker from the, the uh, CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, where he was supposed to speak, and his book deal with Simon & Schuster was canceled. Um, this makes me very happy because they gave him an advance of a quarter of a million dollars, um, which just pissed me off. You're going to just give this slimy misogynist a quarter of a million dollars to write his life story when and, and his life story is right there. tendencies, too. Yeah. Um, he says it was taken out of context. Um, he is he is homosexual, and he has admitted that he, when he was a teenager, he had an affair with an older man, and that it made him a better person. This actually isn't, to me, what he said there probably isn't the worst thing he's ever said. He said things about women that are just horrible. And, but this this old video clip is what what brought him down because CPAC immediately canceled his speech, um, and Simon and Schuster canceled his book deal, and then Breitbart well, he resigned. Yeah, Breitbart resigned. He resigned from Breitbart before they could fire him, mm. which they were going to do. So um, in the space of a week, he went from this darling boy <laughs> of the alt right to I can't get a job. <laughs> Um, for me to think that Breitbart would want to get rid of anybody. Yeah. Uh, How bad can it be yeah. if they, they want to fire you? <laughs> right. Um, now, granted, these... they wouldn't look at me twice. No. But <laughs> I'm upfront about not being all right. Yeah. So, I mean, this couldn't happen to a slimier dude. Um, you know, this is, this is free speech. Yes, he can say whatever the hell he wants. He is not, absolutely not protected from the consequences of those those words this is the consequences of your words you said them own them so speaking of cpac the conservative political action conference that was held this week <laughs> um this is an annual thing um 
usually you get a lot of congressional lawmakers that attend here and do um, and do speeches and do panels and it's basically kind of a a, a convention for conservatives republicans yeah. yeah republicans and conservatives there's no democrats here this is all republicans and conservatives um this year only nine congressional lawmakers were actually scheduled to appear during the three-day conference by comparison last year one of the numerous panels had more than a dozen congressional politicians scheduled to participate house and senate gop leaders typically speak before cpac but no one from either chamber's leadership hierarchy appeared this year um this is this is considered a pullback from trump even though they're still basically signing off on everything he does. This well, was, Trump was there, right? He yeah. Was oh, yeah. The he there. was the keynote speaker. Um, this is still kind of a slap in the face to Trump. Um, attendees of the, you, you had, this was basically a Trump love fest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can see that. Somebody, yeah. uh, the conservatives political action conference. Yeah. I'm so sure this they're was quite all, proud of themselves. All the little trumpeteers came there. Um, and of course acted poorly attendees inappropriate behavior prompted apology from the convention center were they grabbing pussies uh no they were they were saying inappropriate things to members of the national intramural and recreational sports association which was sharing the convention center with them <laughs> oh that was really bad planning so, on yeah. somebody's part yes very bad planning um, comments were directed to members of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community and people who appeared to be Muslim. Oh, my goodness. So, um, this appeared actually prompted, to be appeared. Muslim. <laughs> they were brown. Oh, my God. Um, so, this prompted an apology from the convention center to the actual um, Intramural and Recreational Sports Association for apologizing, basically, for these, these people's behavior. You know, just don't do it to begin with. And what's... Apologizing after the fact... Is just... Yeah. Okay, at least you apologized, but you don't say shit like that just to apologize later. That yeah. You're rendering the apology... Null and void, basically. Null and void. Um, this is, they said that this is the first time they've ever had issues. They've had different um, conventions attend in the same space with CPAC, and this is the first time they've ever had issues. Well, of course, their role model yeah, is, is giving permission to, to mistreat others, right. to to harass people that aren't like them, to uh, make judgments on what people's religion is based, based on, on their what looks. they look like. Yeah. Come on, guys. Um, Trump did speak, and during his speech, he vowed to stand by his campaign promises, including the construction of a border wall and an <laughs> Obamacare repeal. His speech was filled with media bashing and jabs at Hillary Clinton. So it was business as usual for yeah. Trump. Yeah, get over it, Trump. I know. Get like, over it. Hillary Clinton's <laughs> off buying books and groceries and <laughs> sipping wine, and he's just like, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton. She, you won. You won. <laughs> Um, you're not campaigning anymore no although he held his first campaign rally so yeah he is oh gosh um white nationalist richard spencer was actually there he bought a ticket he attended as a a ticket holder um he was actually removed from the event a cpac spokesman called him repugnant so kudos on them for getting rid of the nazi um <laughs> That's how far you have to go to be considered repugnant by these people. You have to be an actual Nazi. Well, I do know conservatives that aren't Nazis. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're not synonymous terms. No, they're not. But that's how far you have to go to get 
kicked out of this place. You have to be an actual Nazi. Because Richard Spencer, he calls himself alt-right and white nationalist. He's a Nazi. He's, that's what he is. He just, re he just changed it to white nationalist and alt-right because Nazi doesn't get good press. And we're not in Germany. That's right. Yeah. Um, only nine congressional lawmakers were scheduled to appear during the three-day conference. By comparison, in 2016, one of numerous panels had more than a dozen congressional politicians scheduled to participate. So that was just last year when we had a Democratic, Democratic. Yeah. Uh, administration. So you can say that, yeah, they got their, their guy in power so they don't have to do this, they don't have to speak, they don't have to drum up support. Um, or you can say this is kind of a slam toward Trump. No one from the GOP's uh, chamber's hierarchy appeared this year. No. So, moving on from CPAC, um, there have been... Speaking of Nazis. Yeah, speaking of Nazis, <laughs> um, across the country... There have been threats to the Jewish community, um, and this has been this has been bad. This has been just horrible this past month. We've re the, the Jewish centers and schools in the United States and Canada have received a hundred bomb threats just in 2017, and we are only at the end of February. Um, bomb threats have been no, made. so that's not even a hundred days. Into that's not even a hundred days. No, bomb threats have been made against Jewish community centers in 81 different locations spread across 33 states and two Canadian provinces. These are bomb threats being called in. Um, you can say, well, it's just a bomb threat, but it disrupts the entire day. You have to close down the school. You have to send children home. You have to clear out the building. You have to check everything. And there, it, it breeds a culture yeah. of, of paranoia and fear. Exactly. If you were attending the same school and bomb threats was a regular part of your life would you want to go to that school anymore right. would you or, send or would your you children? be skipping would you send your children to that school yeah um the fbi said the bureau and the justice department civil rights division are investigating possible civil rights violations and connections to the threats possible, possible. i know I, I read that and i was like possible <laughs> how is this possible <laughs> um <laughs> In addition to the bomb threats, headstones were vandalized in a Jewish cemetery in Philadelphia. Um, quite a few of them were pulled over. And to their credit, the Muslims of the city united and helped helped fix the vandalism, and they paid for it. They raised over a hundred thousand oh, wow. dollars to pay for the to pay to. That's what I like to see: communities working together and bridging gaps. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And of course, nothing was really said about this from the White House. It was a subject that just didn't get brought up or was glossed over or was not spoken about until today or until Tuesday. Well, no, I, I, I follow some Jewish leaders on my Twitter and I've, I've known about these for... Yeah, I'm talking about the while. White House. Uh, yeah, the White House. The well, White House actually speaking well, out against this. I mean, it's not they don't have a reality show. So. This is, yeah, this is the same president that on... Holocaust Memorial Day didn't actually bring up Jews. Um, but during a meeting with state attorneys general on Tuesday, Trump reportedly suggested that the repeated bomb threats against Jewish community centers and schools around the country could be false flags. Oh my goodness. This echoes KKK Grand Wizard and outspoken Trump fan David Duke. <laughs> oh! Who David has also Duke. pushed the false flag con or conspiracy. So basically Trump came out and said, it's liberals and Jews doing this. Mm -hmm. 
It's not really happening. Yeah. It's not, there's no threat. Calm down, people. <laughs> well, I, I for one, and my mind is at ease now. Yeah. I mean, and they're just doing it to themselves. Right. Right. That was, that was the White House take on this. It wasn't, oh my gosh, this is horrible, or let's find the, the assholes who are doing this. It's, <laughs> you're doing this to yourselves, aren't you? <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Yeah, that's very victim blaming. Um, I wonder if if I've ever agreed with David Duke on anything. Uh, no, I, I doubt. D- I doubt we would agree on the best flavor of ice cream. If David Duke alone... told me the sky was blue, yeah, I'd no. find another color scheme. I would be like, no, I'm going with something different, dude. Doing, going with something different. Periwinkle. Periwinkle. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to uh, align you yourself find with yourself David Duke. Agreeing <laughs> yeah. with David something, fucking Duke, something something's is wrong. wrong. <laughs> Change your outlook in life. Oh my god. Yeah. But yeah, this that's an ongoing situation because they're still getting threats. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry to my friends in the Jewish community. Um, uh, I don't. I don't want you to be terrorized when you're going to your to school or the to community your school, center. your community center, your These synagogue. community centers I mean, are actually kind of the the center of Jewish social social life. So they they go there and that's where they socialize. So yeah, this is a, just a targeted attack. Yeah. And you can say, "Well, nothing's blown up yet." That's not the point. You're waiting for it you're to You're waiting blow up, for it though? to blow up. That's not cool. No. We don't wait for shit to blow up. Um, so our last topic today, we just can't stop talking about Betsy. Betsy. Oh my gosh. Betsy, Betsy, Betsy. She's, she's our poster child for this podcast, I think. She's been on, we've talked about her every episode. Yeah, I think so. So Betsy DeVos was back in the news. Well, she should be. She's head of our damn Department of Education. Um, a controversial cartoon by Glenn McCoy compared Betsy DeVos to Ruby Bridges, who was the six-year-old trying to go to school. Um, and had to be escorted to school by four deputies in the 1960s because she was one of the first African-Americans to integrate mm-hmm. a school. So Norman Rockwell did a very famous painting of Ruby Bridges going to school where she's flanked by four deputy marshals and um, the wall behind her has the N-word scrawled on it and there's tomatoes being thrown at her, which is what happened the six-year-old trying to go to school. Um, And the cartoon mimicked that, showing Betsy DeVos trying to go into a school, flanked by people, and behind her the word conservative was scrawled. And this triggered me so badly, I don't use that word lightly. I was so furious when I saw this, to dare to compare this billionaire who bought her damn government post to a six-year-old girl trying to go to school. Yeah, I I I glossed over this the last episode. You uh, you described it much better. Um, but I saw you know it, I, I just I saw it the was comparison so, and to yeah me yeah people are calling her conservative. Yes, but really she is. that's not my problem with her. No, my problem is she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. She has no experience in her position and um and she's just 
she's she's just poorly she's she's not a good fit for this job um glenn mccoy apologized quote if anyone was offended unquote and i hate apologizing apologies like that it's not i'm sorry i did this i'm sorry it's it's i'm sorry if you were you know offended by this he's not sorry he did it um i suppose that's his job he's a political cartoonist he's there to create controversy but this just seemed so egregious to me that you could compare her to a six-year-old little girl attempting to go to school um but then betsy you know later this week later that week caused an uproar when she called historically black colleges and universities real pioneers when it comes to school choice because that's her thing she wants to privatize the entire school system and make everything private or charter schools um but she called them real pioneers when it comes to school choice just kind of that's, forgetting that sounds the like path. a backhanded compliment well, it's not even a backhanded compliment because most of these schools were founded because black students couldn't go to white schools. So it wasn't about choice at all. It was, I want an education. So yeah, we have to create this, this historically black college because they couldn't go to the white college. Um, they're not necessarily education pioneers. They just wanted to give African Americans a chance to get a higher education. It's, it was just so... It's so it's it's blind to the actual problem, and I'm not surprised. No, I'm not surprised either. Many of these schools were founded because oh, that's I'm sorry. Yeah, I just kind of paraphrased that. Yeah. Um. But again, it just shows that she doesn't she doesn't get it. No, she doesn't get it. She it whenever she's speaking publicly it sounds like huh, i'm not really supposed to be here and i just don't want to make any waves but i just i just want god to love me i have these you know opinions that and i've been sheltered for a very for my whole life really so i'm completely unaware that there's another way to see things yeah she just comes across i don't know it's very clueless very, very yes, clueless. is very clueless. So, well, another episode in the can. I think we're done for the evening. Uh, next week or next episode, I'm sure we'll talk about what Trump is talking about right now, because I'm sure he's making a damn fool of himself. <laughs> uh, if there's one thing I can count on from Donald Trump, it's making a damn fool of himself. Yeah, yeah, he's reliable on something. Yeah. That's about the only thing right now. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what else is coming up on uh, the political news headlines on the horizon, but we we'll may see. get some more appointees. We may not. Trump has said that it's not a priority anymore. So apparently he doesn't care if those positions are filled. Um, it's looking more and more like he realizes he's not going to be there for a long time. Yeah. I don't think he he will be i don't think he, no I, again i don't think he intended to become president no and it's obvious he doesn't want to be there good lord he's, he's you know he's not there he's really treating it like a nine to five job mm -hmm. it's like well it's friday at five o'clock time for me to fly to florida stay in my hotel charge the taxpayers for yeah. it line my pockets and we'll have to see if anything um what like what's going on in our local north carolina government yes too. Um, we'll we'll talk about HB two because I do know that there are some things moving in that direction, which is the 
the bathroom bill that's costing North Carolina millions of dollars in tourism. <laughs> um, and we'll look at a couple of other things North Carolina-wise. Yeah. So things to look forward to for next episode. Thanks for listening, Scullies. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.